Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected the stories that are most entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Greek traditions. Our versions may not be the myth you're familiar with, but we hope you enjoy them. And be warned, today's episode contains depictions of graphic violence, animal cruelty, suicidal ideation, and sexual assault. Please exercise caution for listeners under 13. Let me speak to you of the lovers of Zeus. Innumerable women, wrapped up in the story of a god. Nymphs, dryads, goddesses, and queens. Lovers, the storytellers call them, though many did not have a say in how the god of gods treated them. Victims certainly sounds less pretty in ballads. My story, in many ways, was a typical one. I was called Princess Io of Argos. I had many suitors, but I would not yet marry. Marriage felt like the end of my life, when my life had only just begun. I saw so much hope in my future, so much potential for adventure, for learning, for love. Then, one night while I lay asleep, that potential turned to ash. I dreamed I was strolling through a field of sweet grass. The scent of rose petals was in the air. I could not have felt safer. I cast off my robe and let the gentle air caress my skin. I lay upon the grass and spread my arms wide, content in the solitude of the glade. That was when he called to me. hi Hello? Who's there? Io. It's not polite to approach a maiden unannounced. Oh, Io. I did announce myself. A strange energy filled the air around me, causing my hair to stand on end. It felt like the air itself was touching me. Invisible fingers working their way under my skin. Rain began to fall, but I barely felt it. My skin was hot, so hot I could not move. The drops that touched me evaporated into steam before my eyes. Do you feel my power, Io? I said nothing, clenching my jaw and my fists. The tingling, burning sensation worked its way up and down my body, caressing the inner parts of me that I thought safe from any man. Why must you stay so long, a maiden? The arrow of love has struck almighty Zeus. For you, he is on fire. I could not see. I could not think. My mind's eye was full of lightning, the white-hot fire that lances between thunderclouds. I thought that surely I would die there, reduced to ash by this internal storm. (gasps) Then I awoke. My sheets were soaked with sweat, my heart pounding like a drum. I cannot put into words how scared I was. I told myself that it was just a dream, that I should not feel so violated but I had every reason to be afraid. You are mine. The dreams did not stop for weeks. And when they did, my waking hours became a nightmare. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. This week, we're telling the story of Io. Some storytellers call her a princess, others call her the daughter of a river god. In our story, she's a little of both. 
Her adventure is harrowing and leads her to cross paths with the hero of last week's episode, Prometheus, still chained to a mountain peak. As sympathetic as the chained titan is to her predicament, Io cannot count on a man to save her. On the contrary, she will save him, proving once and for all that there is hope for the victims of Zeus's cruelty. Coming up, Io's life of comfort comes crumbling down. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Money Maker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Io stood overlooking the city of Argos. In the pre-dawn light, she could make out merchants rising to set up their shops. The city was so peaceful in the morning, it soothed her and made her disturbing dreams seem mercifully distant. You're up early. Io turned to see her father, King Inachus, stepping out onto the balcony beside her. To the people of Argos, he was a renowned hero, a river god descended from the Titans. But to her, he was an old man who loved fishing. I couldn't sleep. I had some disturbing dreams. Someone so young should not be troubled by nightmares. You're telling me. Where do they come from? Dreams, I mean. <laughs> That's a big question for so early in the morning. Sorry, I just... I want to know if I should be worried. I know I'm not a prophet, but if this dream was an omen of some kind... Of course. Let's see, how do I put this? Well, it's commonly believed that dreams are messages from the gods or the fates. Are they always? Other theories claim that they are nothing but fantasies meant to entertain the slumbering mind. Some unintended consequence of Prometheus's design. Tell me, what did you dream of? Io told Inachus everything that she'd seen and felt the night before, omitting no embarrassing or revealing detail. She told him of the proclamations of Zeus and of the horrible feeling she awoke with every time. He listened intently, never interrupting. My father and I did not keep secrets from each other. I suppose that comes from being the mortal child of a god. Our boundaries operate differently than most. Perhaps my life would have transpired differently if I had talked to a woman first. Surely one of my friends would have seen what my father could not. That this dream was a fantasy, but it was not mine. Inachus was quiet for a long moment after Io finished. I shall go consult the Oracle. I won't be long. In the meantime, get some rest. I would if I could. I'm not in a hurry to have another nightmare. Do not fear, Io. Trust in the fates and all will be well. With a smile, Inachus departed. Io stood on the balcony for a moment still, watching the horizon. She could see storm clouds just over the distant mountains. A cold feeling of dread settled into her stomach. They reminded her of her dream. 
The rain stung like claws against skin. The entire city of Argos shut their windows tight. By midday, the world was a dim blue-gray haze, broken only by the occasional fork of lightning. Io peeked out through her window shutters, eager for her father's return. She saw a solitary shape walking down the street, tall and broad like Inachus. Her heart leapt to her throat, but she did not greet him. Something wasn't right. The figure walked incredibly slowly, and his skin seemed to squirm. Who are you? The light from a window fell across the figure, revealing a body covered head to toe in shifting eyeballs. <gasps> Io stifled a gasp and watched as he walked closer and closer. His head never turned, but she could tell that he was searching for something or someone. <sighs> When he passed her window, he stopped. A pair of eyes on his right bicep squinted in her direction. Then he continued walking into the haze of the storm. Io? <laughs> Relax, it's only me. Who, who did you see? What did the Oracle say? The Oracle told me that Zeus has set his gaze on you. Zeus? I... We... Wait, wait, what do we do? Father, I don't want to die. You won't. The Oracle also said that your line does not end here. That your descendants will be legendary. The greatest heroes of all time. I don't care about heroes and bloodlines. I just want my own life. It's not your choice. Zeus's agents have already arrived. That man with eyes all over his body, is he one of them? Not exactly. That is where things get complicated. That is Argus Panoptes, bodyguard of Hera, queen of Olympus. She must know her husband is plotting infidelity and has sent someone to find you first. What do we do? I cannot protect you. Zeus has punished my kind for defying his wishes before. You must leave here immediately and never look back. My heart broke a thousand times in that moment. My father, who I would have trusted with my life, would rather exile me than defy Zeus. I don't remember what I said to him. No doubt I screamed and cursed his name. They were the last words I ever spoke to my father, but they were eclipsed by the horror that came next. Io slipped out into the rain, a heavy cloak over her shoulders. It was a route she had taken many times, sneaking out into the night to see friends or gaze at the constellations. But this was no moonlight escapade. This was life and death. She turned a corner and nearly ran headfirst into a towering, muscular figure. His back was turned, but that made no difference. The eyeballs that dotted his flesh widened in recognition. Io turned to flee, slipped on a puddle, and landed on the ground in a heap. Argus faced her and raised a curved copiece over his head. Before the blade fell, a strange voice spoke in her ear. Run, child. From out of the gloom, a shadow struck Argus, sending the giant crashing against a nearby wall. Standing before Io was a woman, lean, strong, with black eyes that seemed darker than the world around her. Argus rose and flung himself at this new opponent, swinging his sword. The woman met Argus's attack unarmed, razor-sharp talons deflecting the blade. Io struggled to her feet and ran, Instinct guided her more than rational thought, and running through each alley was like running through an abandoned memory. Eventually, the walls around her gave way to open fields. The thunder faded. The rain stopped. She allowed herself a sigh of relief. <sighs> Finally. Oracle, I'm going to have a word with you when this is all over. 
There you are. Io whirled around. Not a hundred yards from her stood a man, tall and powerful, with eyes the purest blue. He took a step towards her, and with each footfall, the clouds surrounding them grew thicker. Zeus. I am so sorry you had to witness all this violence. I usually court alone, but I needed to distract Hera's agents. The woman with the black eyes. She's one of yours, isn't she? That is Bia. She and her siblings are of great use to me, but let's not waste precious time talking about them. I'm here for you. I don't want... I mean, I am not worthy of such an honor. You should return me to my father. Hera... Hera is still far away, and your father knows better than to deny my passion. Think not of the future. With me, you will feel pleasure that most women spend their lives dreaming of. Let your fears go, Io. Give yourself over to passion. When he spoke, I could see why so many women had fallen for his honeyed words. I could lie. Say that I fought him every step of the way. The truth is more painful. I was frozen, unable to give consent or fight against my fate. If he was a mortal man, I could have refused him. But to deny Zeus would be like saying no to a hurricane. Pointless. A shriek echoed from the city. The clouds behind Zeus broke, revealing a throng of horrible figures. The hundred-eyed warrior was charging towards them, fending off attacks from four pursuers, each with eyes that glowed red, yellow, blue, and black. Even though he was intensely outnumbered, the giant was not faltering. Curses! We do not have time. Hera is close. Release me then. My dear, you mustn't be afraid of a little risk. I will give you a disguise to fool Hera. When my wife leaves, I'll take you anywhere you want to go. Do you want to make love overlooking the Mediterranean Sea? Or perhaps atop the peak of Mount Ida? I know the most romantic places on Earth, Io. Perhaps we can visit them all. Io was about to protest, but a peculiar sensation stopped her before a sound could leave her throat. Her vision was stretching. She bent forward and fell to her hands and knees. Her sides pushed outward, ripping her dress and cloak. The world around her became a swirl of shimmering colors. She tried to cry out in pain, and the sound that came out was nothing she could have ever expected. Hera, how lovely to see you. What good sport this is. <laughs> Kratos, Bia, Nike, Zealus, stand down. Now, what can I do for you, my dear? You look so suspicious. But as you can see, there is nothing here but me and this uh, lovely creature. When Io's vision cleared, she saw a statuesque woman standing before Zeus, eyes filled with fire. Hera, goddess of the hearth, turned her gaze on Io and smiled wickedly. Io looked down, heart pounding heavily in her chest. Then she caught sight of her feet. They'd been transformed into hooves. Zeus had turned her into a cow. And Hera didn't seem fooled at all. Coming up, Io becomes a prisoner of a goddess. The most urgent mysteries in the world are missing persons cases. The stakes are too high not to pursue every plausible possibility. And some implausible ones, too. I'm Sarah Turney host of the new podcast, Disappearances. In 2020, after spending years searching for the truth, I used social media to help bring justice to my sister Alyssa's nearly two decades long disappearance. Now, every Thursday on Spotify, 
I'm exploring the many reasons people disappear and the impact their absences can have on those left behind. From child abductions and mystifying murders to those who took drastic measures to start over, each episode of Disappearances journeys through a different high-profile missing persons case, ripped from the headlines and ripe for explanation. Because no one just vanishes into thin air. The answers are out there, waiting to be found. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast Disappearances. Hear a new episode every Thursday, free and only on Spotify. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Now back to the story. Who was I? A mere princess to come between gods. Zeus wanted me, and Hera wanted to destroy me. Countless women have found themselves in the same position, and most have suffered and died because of it. But I did not die. Zeus turned me into a cow to hide me from his wife. Hera, seeing through the disguise immediately, took me as a gift from her oh-so-considerate husband. I learned soon after that it wasn't my destruction she wanted. It was to deny Zeus's desires. He still wanted me, I knew. But while I was her prisoner, he could not come within a hundred leagues of me. Io was kept not on Olympus, but in gardens belonging to Hera, wild and elegant fields nestled somewhere between Olympus and the Earth, a place Hera and Zeus used to visit often as young lovers. It had been some centuries since, and now only animals wandered there. Among these animals, all Io could do was wander, graze, and weep over her lost life, while Argus never let her out of his sight. <sighs> Argus Panoptes, Argus the All-Seeing, son of Arrester, a giant with a hundred eyes and a history even more fearsome than his appearance. The one who had slain Echidna, mother of monsters. No matter how far I roamed, he would be there, sometimes on the horizon, sometimes less than a sword's length away. There would be no escape from such a guard. Time has no meaning in the realms of the gods. Io grazed and Io wandered. Io slept and Io woke. She idly wondered how much time passed on Earth below and whether she would ever see her friends again. Her feet, now her hooves, guided her in no particular direction. The gardens were endless, as was the patience of Argus. When he slept, he closed only two of his eyes, meaning there were never less than 98 eyes watching for rescue attempts, which is perhaps why he was comfortable letting her wander to the very edges of his sight. He was a dot on the horizon when she found the river. Io drank from it, not thinking of where it flowed from, or even how far she'd traveled in Hera's mystical domain. She raised her head when she heard a voice. My poor, sweet girl. <laughs> there was a man by the bank of the river, weeping so heavily that the river swelled beneath his tears. Io's breath caught at the sight. It was her father, Inachus. Father! What? Who's there? Oh. Look at me, talking to livestock. 
Go away, cow. I have nothing to say to you. My transformation had left me mute. Unable to speak beyond the mooing of a cow. What could I do? My father had given himself over to grief. How could I convince him that his beloved daughter was standing before him? I reached out and with a hoof, scratched two letters into the soft earth beside the river. I stood beside them and waited. Go away, shoo! Annoying creature, can't you just... His eyes fell to his feet. I held my breath as he looked from me to my name and back again. It cannot be. Io? What have they done to you? I wanted so badly to forget my father's role in my fate, how he had abandoned me to Zeus. I wanted to go back home to the way things were. I wanted to be his daughter again. He embraced me. Thinking back on it, it must have looked absurd. A river god hugging a cow. But in that moment, it was all I needed. I'm sorry. I was a fool and a coward. I'll never forgive myself. Our reunion did not last long. Argus was never far behind. He tore us apart with strength, like nothing I'd ever felt before. He shoved me back into the dirt and flung my father into his own river. Panoptes, give me back my daughter. My father rose from the riverbed, swinging a club made of smooth, river-polished stone. The giant did not speak a word. He drew his sword and smote my father on the skull. So powerful was the blow that my father crumpled into the water, unconscious and bleeding from the head. He was born downstream, away from me forever. It all happened so fast. I found him, only to lose him again in a single cruel stroke. I was alone, without family or friends, or any means to call for help. After that, Argus stayed much closer, still as a statue, before his constantly roving eyes. I gave up all hope of rescue, but I should have known that Zeus would not let his wife win. Hey, you, with the long face. At first I thought I was going mad, for it seemed like the voice was coming from a nearby bush. Stop mooing, you'll blow my cover. Name's Hermes. Nice to meet you. Zeus sent me to free you. He feels bad about this, well, whole situation. I could have laughed aloud at the thought of Zeus feeling guilt. I knew he only felt bad because his conquest was cut short. So I kicked my freshest pile of manure at the chatty bush. All right, all right. Don't have a cow about it. Stay here. I'm going to go deal with the eyeball guy. The bush rustled and Hermes emerged. He wore his signature traveler's cloak, but otherwise looked nothing like Io expected. He had a huge beard and leaned on a shepherd's crook. He winked at her and approached Argus, whistling as he went. The giant was ready, giving Hermes 100 suspicious looks. Io winced, ready for Argus to cleave the disguised god in two. Oh, don't mind me, fella. I'm just an old shepherd looking for a place to rest. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey, hey. No need for that. You caught me. (laughs) Uh, Could you uh, put that away? Hera wouldn't want you attacking a god over a harmless joke, would she? <clears throat> Look, I know we may not see eye to eye, to eye to eye to eye, but I bet you're bored to tears watching over a cow day in and day out. <sighs> and why wouldn't you be? You're a warrior, not a cowherd. You should be fighting battles, slaying great beasts. This is an absolute waste of your talents. <clears throat> Well, I've got just the thing. Some light entertainment to while away the hours. 
Io tried her best to look nonchalant as Hermes talked circles around her guard. Argus was clearly suspicious, but he folded his arms and seemed to be regarding Hermes with some degree of curiosity. Hermes, never missing a cue, took out his panpipes and began to play a tune on them. One by one, the hundred eyes of Argus grew heavy. They began to close, spreading across his torso like a wave of flesh. Finally, he was asleep, more deeply than the vigilant watcher had ever been. Hermes did not waste any time. He lowered his pipes and slipped the copies from the giant's belt. Io looked up just in time to see him bring the blade down on Argus's neck. The giant spasmed, a hundred eyes snapping open in shock, then clouded over all at once as his head rolled away into the grass. Argus would see no more. Well, that's that. Messy part's over and done with. Now you, Heifer, are going to go to a place of Zeus's choosing and wait for him there. He's still crazy about you. By Olympus, you're headstrong. This should have turned you into a bull, not a cow. What? You think you have a better plan? Of course I did. To Zeus, I was an object of desire. To Hermes, I was a damsel. And to Hera, I was a plaything. If I was to make it out of this alive, I had to escape all of them. Hermes, to my surprise, made no effort to force me. Whatever you want to do, you better do it fast. Zeus can't stall Hera forever. Uh, yep, there she blows. Time to run. Io did not hesitate. She charged past the body of Argus, retracing Hermes's footprints until she reached the gates. She passed through them and found herself on treacherous mountain paths, almost at the height of Olympus. Hermes watched her go with a sigh. Adio, princess. Best of luck to you. Io slipped and stumbled and fought her way down the sheer rock face. She'd been a cow for quite some time, but was still unused to hooves instead of feet. One misstep would send her hurdling to certain doom. It did not feel like freedom. It felt like I'd given up prison for certain death. Coming up, Io has a change of fate. Now, back to the story. My life as a princess was a distant memory. Even Zeus's attack seemed like a thing that happened to someone else. A hopelessly naive girl in a far-off land. Someone who had never known the touch of a lecherous god. Or felt her own limbs transformed into those of a cow. Io half-climbed, half-fell down the mountainside, coming to a rest on a small ledge over the valley below. The night was dark, illuminated only by blue flashes from the storm clouds above. Zeus and Hera were fighting. Good! I hope you destroy each other. Better for all women. Her adrenaline fading, Io lowered herself to the ground. The thunder above quieted and the night was still. Io's eyelids grew heavy. Peace, unobserved peace for the first time in ages. I do not know what words passed between Zeus and his wife, but I know that she won. Zeus, for all his cruelty, would not have sent a gadfly to sting me awake. Shoo, go away! The fly was large and fat, and it struck at Io mercilessly. She was up on all four hooves in a moment, bucking and rearing to scare the bug away. It dodged her hooves, scuttled along her ears, even nearly went up her nose several times. I was in a frenzy. My human mind banished by animal instinct. I charged ahead, not knowing what lay before me, following instinct more than anything else. Of course, this was Hera's design. 
even Zeus would not attempt to bed a half-mad cow. I do not know how long I was pursued by that awful fly. Night became day, which became night again. I crossed streams, traversed rocky ravines, went up and down so many mountains, I lost track. In my desperation, I turned upward, hoping that the cold of the highest peaks would slow down my attacker. It started to work, the gadfly's stings becoming less and less frequent as the air around me chilled. It came to rest on my hindquarters and stopped stinging altogether. And that's when, harried and exhausted, I encountered him. At the peak of the Caucasus Mountains, Io slowed to a trot. A writhing shape swam into view. It was a man chained to the mountain peak. A bird was digging into his side, pecking and tearing at his flesh. Blood streamed as it ran down his legs and onto the frozen ground. Finally, the eagle tore the man's liver free and flapped away into the haze. The man slumped down, suspended by his chains. Io approached the body, eyeing him with curiosity. What in the name of... Are you okay? After a moment, the dead man seemed to notice he was not alone. He adjusted his chains to look Io in the eye. Oh, hello. Didn't realize I had company. Come closer, cow. Don't worry. (laughs) I won't bite. You should be dead. Uh, Maybe I would be if that eagle wasn't such a picky eater. Wait, you can understand me? Of course I can. I had a hand in making most living things, so I'm fluent in cow. Not a terribly complex language, to be perfectly honest. Who are you? Don't you know? I am humanity's greatest patron and their greatest foe. From thoughts of death, I freed the minds of men. Blind hopes I gave them in their breasts to dwell. With fire, I enriched their lives. Fire that shall teach them many a helpful art. You still don't recognize me? You are Prometheus, Titan of Foresight. Bingo! And you're Io, a mortal woman transformed against your will. You recognize me? Well, I sure as Hades know you aren't a cow. Never heard a cow use the word foresight before. You have to help me. Zeus tried to bed me. Now Hera's trying to drive me mad. Ah, yeah. That's a classic tale. I'm sure it'll never get old. Are you mocking my pain? On the contrary. Ah. I feel a great deal of solidarity with your pain. Look at me. Do you think I harbor any love for Zeus? Of course not. He's still torturing you for giving humanity fire. Not just that. He's torturing me because he thinks I'll relent and tell him the name of the person who'll overthrow him. And you, my Princess Derry, have a role in that story. I'm through with being the pawn of gods. Quite right, quite right. I don't wish you to do my bidding or anything. Just a little quid pro quo. I'm going to help you, and you're going to free me. I can't free you. I don't even have thumbs. Not right this moment. Your assistance will come generations from now, long after you have passed away peacefully, far from here. If I cannot help you now, what do you need me to do? I need you to survive. You have many travels ahead of you. Listen closely. You will be in danger from the Amazons of Themyscira and the wandering Scythians. The iron of the Calabes will thirst for your hide, but once you get past them, you will find your home daughter of a river god, you will find a home by the great river. That's it? It'll make sense in time. Oh, and be careful of how loud you are. In these mountains, it could cause an avalanche. Prometheus, we meet again. Io whipped her head around. Approaching through the sleet was the woman Io had seen before, a lean monster with eyes of pitch black and talons instead of nails. Bia! It's been so long. 
What does Zeus want from me now? Not here for you. Here for her. Hera sent you. Fascinating. I thought she would have sent Argus. Argus lies slain. His eyes now reside on the tail of the peacock. As a peace offering between the couple, Zeus has given her my service. Not much of a promotion. Seems more of a lateral move. Shut up! You're stalling me so the girl can get away! No, not a bit! <laughs> I enjoy our conversations. You have a real talent for blunt declarations of hatred. Go back to your suffering! You've bought the mortal moments at best. Io had, of course, made the best use of Prometheus's distraction and fled down the mountainside as fast as her hooves would carry her. She sighed in relief as she left the chill air behind her. However, the gadfly was also pleased by the decrease in altitude. As it came awake, it resumed its furious stinging. Io's hooves slipped and a chunk of the path fell away into the ocean below. There is nowhere to run, child. Io looked up to see Bia crawling down the mountain towards her, head first, like a spider crawling down a wall. She landed on all fours on the path in front of Io and stood to her full height. Her talons glistened. You don't have to do this. Why do you serve someone who inflicts such cruelty to women? Cruelty is my domain. Women, men, children. It matters a little to me who suffers. Well, what if that suffering is your own? <laughs> you do not seriously mean to fight me. As Io looked up at Bia, the gadfly lifted off her back and started circling her ear. She flicked it away, focusing on the mountain above her. It was tall, capped with snow and ice. She prayed that this would work, but she did not pray to the gods. She prayed to Prometheus. Then she mooed as loud as she could. The fly stung again. Io clenched her teeth and held still, hoping that it would settle on her ear. In front of her, Bia's brow furrowed, and she looked upward to the avalanche plummeting towards them. No! Bia tried to leap clear, but she was not fast enough. Io closed her eyes, a moment before the mountain swallowed her whole world. She fell and fell, debris striking at her from every angle. She could hear the furious screams of Bia, muffled by the churning rock and snow. She smiled, savoring her little moment of victory, waiting for the inevitable impact. But Io did not die. Salt water swallowed the avalanche. She opened her eyes to see chunks of rock and dirt floating freely around her, along with a number of rather alarmed fish. She kicked off the seafloor and swam upward, though her injuries stung with every movement. She kicked until there was sand beneath her hooves, and she stepped out onto a beach. On the sand, she saw the gadfly floundering, trying to shake its wings dry. Take that! Oh, that felt good. Ugh. Remind me to thank Prometheus for making cows so tough. A pitiful effort, princess. Io turned to see Bia dragging herself onto the beach, the personification of cruelty looked bedraggled and more furious than ever, but otherwise unhurt. I thought it would be the end of me there. I made peace with that fact. But Bia, she... she stopped. Unmoving like a statue before me. I could tell she hated me, but she could not kill me. Hera did not want my pain to end. Io trotted up to Bia, looking her up and down. 
There on the beach at the end of the world, the cow and the monster sized each other up. Hera told you to watch me, yes? To make sure I don't go anywhere near Zeus? You don't have to answer. I know it's true. Well, you can follow me if you like. I can't stop you. But I have places to go. Remembering what Prometheus had told her, Io set off on her journey. Her path took her first across the sea, which would be later named the Ionian Sea after her, then a strait of land later named the Bosphorus, or the Ford of the Cow. She passed through Themyscira, past the wandering legions of Scythians and the Calabes. Finally, Io came upon the river Nile, even the alligators kept their distance from the strange duo as they drank from the river. Well, I think this is the end of our journey. Fun, wasn't it? You think I enjoy watching over you? No. I expect you to run back to Zeus now that I'm outside his domain. That is where you are mistaken. Zeus has followed us. Io raised her eyes from the water. Standing on the other bank was Zeus, no less handsome and no less terrifying than he had been all those years ago in Argus. My dear, what an elaborate chase you've led me on. No. You may go back to Olympus, Bia. Your task is accomplished. Yes, my lord. You knew. You knew I would come here. Not really. I knew Prometheus had plans for you, but everything else I owe to Bia. Once Hera's fly was dead, all I had to do was wait for her to tell me the coast was clear. You will never have me. I'll... I'll throw myself into this river. You won't. You're too close to freedom to throw it away. Plus, I can give you what you want most. I don't want you. I don't mean me. Think, Io. What can I give you that you no longer have? You absolute monster! Just tell me, how much do you want to be human again? In the end, I gave him what he wanted. The god of gods always gets what he wants. And... When he was satisfied, the Oath Keeper made me human again. I spent many long years afterward, wandering the deserts of Egypt. During this time, I gave birth to a son called Epiphus. He would grow up to become Pharaoh and make a home for me in this strange new land I had started to love. I never told him the full story of what forced me to leave my home country. I tried not to dwell on it myself. There was no good in seeking revenge against Zeus. The god of gods always gets what he wants. Unless what Prometheus told me was true. That long after I pass on, I will save him from his chains and begin the series of events that will spell the end for Zeus. I still don't know what he meant by that. His plan, whatever it may be, is beyond the scope of a mortal life. I am happy in Egypt. That will have to be enough for me. As Prometheus predicted, Io would pass away comfortably in her new home by the Nile. Thousands of miles away, at the peak of the Caucasus Mountains, Prometheus remained, buffeted by the wind and tortured by the eagle. You can free yourself, Prometheus. Just tell me the name. Not a chance, Zeus. Ah. Every ounce of pain will be worth it to see you fall. As the god's voice faded into the air, Prometheus heard a familiar flapping of wings, the eagle returning for its daily meal, Prometheus let his muscles relax. He'd learned centuries ago that the agony would be slightly more bearable if he didn't resist. The bird appeared through the fog, 
eyes fixed intently on its victim, Prometheus flashed a defiant smile as if daring the bird to go for his eyes instead. Only this time, the bird didn't make it to Prometheus. A hand reached out from the mist and grabbed it by the feet. The hand brought the bird down on the rocks, smashing it once, twice, three times. It swung until the bird was limp and lifeless, every bone inside it crushed. Then the strange figure cast the bloody mess off the mountainside. The man that emerged from the shadows was a stranger to Prometheus, a hulking figure wearing a lion's skin over his shoulders. But the titan smiled all the same. Hercules, I presume. I must say, it feels like only yesterday I was talking to one of your ancestors up here on this mountain. I think she was your great, 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 great grandmother. Ha! An incredible woman. Her name was Io. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. For more information about Io, we found Ovid's Metamorphosis and Edith Hamilton's Mythology especially helpful in our research. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back next week with another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Michael Langsner, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Robert Teamstra, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Haley Milliken, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tiana Camacho, Joe Hernandez, and Ellie Schiff. I'm Vanessa Richardson. I'm Sarah Turney, host of the new Spotify original from Parcast, Disappearances. Every Thursday, join me for an exploration into history's most gripping missing persons cases. Following timelines, analyzing clues, and piecing together as many answers as possible to find the truth. From prison breaks and child abductions to second chances and even murder. We'll journey through the many reasons people disappear. Follow my new podcast, Disappearances, free and only on Spotify. <laughs>